Hello and welcome to Philly and the Over, a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today. College football, NFL week four. All right, time to cash in. The Phillies are heading back to the playoffs. They clinched a NL wildcard berth tonight. Joe, what do you make of so far this season and expectations for the upcoming playoff run? Yeah, and they did it in a pretty dramatic fashion too, with a, a, a walk-off single by Johan Rojas in uh, in extra innings. And um, you know, it's interesting. You had uh, you know you had Jeff Hoffman come in and pitch the tenth inning and not allow Pittsburgh to score a run, which is very difficult to do when they have the ghost runner starting on second base. Um, and then you had Johan Rojas knocking the winning run, and those are two guys who started in the farm system and are now uh, making an impact in the big league. So, you know, I think that's a really cool. Um, I think that's a really cool, cool aspect of this team is they, they really get contributions from different people on different nights. Um, you know, you've, you had Castellanos on a tear early in the season. You get Harper back. He kind of goes on a little bit of a tear. And of course, everyone knows, you know, Trey Turner um, and the standing ovation and and what came after that. So, um, you know, it's an interesting team. Um, I think that. When it comes to the Phillies, though, it's just inconsistency uh, in the starting rotation and in the bullpen, which gives me pause for uh, another <laughs> another World Series run. But, you know, I think getting into the tournament, um, as uh, um, as Dave Dombrowski puts it, is, is, you know, the ultimate goal and then anything can happen. And that's very much true. So this is kind of step one of, of the journey. But I think to uh, make any noise in, in this postseason, they're, they're just going to have to match and they're going to have to hit a ton of home runs, which they can do. But mm-hmm. I, I just because I just don't think that that this starting rotation in this bullpen holds up, um, you know, in, in a five game or seven game series. So, uh, you know, it's exciting. It's awesome. They get they get they go back to back years. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, and they're look, they're, they're starting to hit a lot more home runs. So this could be could be interesting. So we'll see what happens. But uh yeah, it's good. It's also really good to clinch, you know, with five, I think five games left, five or six games left in the regular season, because now you can get your rotation exactly how you want it. You can rest arms, the bullpen. You can obviously rest your your big time position players and Harper, Turner, uh, boom, Stott, all, all those guys. So Ramito. Um, so I think that there's a lot of positives to come out of it. But, uh, uh, you know, it's it's kind of yeah, they were expected to get back to the playoffs. So it's, it's good that they did. Yeah, you nailed it. We've been talking about it all year and, and earlier in the year. Uh, we talked about bomb and Stott really carrying the team uh, with their hitting and, and their uh, yeah. play in the field. Uh, now you're seeing the contributions from Rojas as well. And you nailed it. It's it's very reminiscent to what was it? The 08 team in that there are contributions from people just up and down the lineup. So it's really exciting to see that because you get happy for these guys when they do have a, you know, a, a three for four type of night uh, because they've been putting in the work all, all year long. So should be fun to see what happens. However, there is one fun tidbit to go off of. So the Phillies clinched tonight. It looks like they are going to lock up the first wild card spot, which will be crucial for them. However, their win total was 88 and a half on the year. They're uh, now 88. So they still need to pull off one more for us gamblers. Uh, absolutely. The other, the other thing to factor in is, and this happened last year after they clinched, remember they were, they were in Houston. Um, the next day they came out and uh, yeah, they, they lost. Yeah. They got killed, right? They like, they may have had one hit in the entire game and they were just so hung over. So keep an eye on, on that for, for tomorrow against Pittsburgh. Um, I'm right now, actually, I'm looking at 
some locker room footage. <laughs> there is a tub of beer. There must be 800 beers in it. It is just enormous <laughs> cooler of beer. So yeah, they're they're going to be a little sluggish tomorrow. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, wouldn't be surprised to lose that game. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's you're right though when you say it's you know similar to the 08 team where you had the stars in Utley Rollins Howard, but you were also getting contributions from uh for, from other guys and um you know, especially Carlos Ruiz, Jason Worth, Victorino, guys like that. Um yeah, so this is this is you know a really exciting time, but it just comes down to pitching and it's been so inconsistent all year. Um you gotta hope it turns around in the playoffs. Place your bets. Rough week all around for us betting in college. You had a you. losing week. What's that? Not you. Yeah, I lost again. Oh, you did? I went two and three. Oh. Yeah, I had um my last bet uh was Tampa Bay uh last night. Oh, I and... I read that. I, I thought I thought you had the Eagles. I read that. No, wrong. no, okay, I had gotcha. Tampa Bay in that one. So uh went into Monday night and ended up two and three. Yep. However, let's start with college Ugh. and uh was that three and four week for you? Uh, yeah, another horrible week for me. So three and four. Uh, the only ones I really want to talk about. Um, uh, first off, UCLA plus four and a half versus Utah. Uh, what a just an awful game that was. Fourteen to seven was a final. Unwatchable football. Um, the other the other loss that that uh, is is literally it's been eating me away inside since Saturday night. Um, App State plus two and a half versus Wyoming. Uh, now, no one on earth watched that game that didn't attend App State or Wyoming. So let me let me tell you what happened here. Uh, App State's up five points. There's uh, there's about five minutes left in the game. They're driving. They're going to kick a field goal to go up eight. Uh, it's windy. Um, and, and I think the kicker probably made an adjustment for that. But uh, the kick gets blocked and returned for a touchdown. So so Wyoming, you know, scores a touchdown. And of course, now now they're up. uh um, now they are, uh, they're up one. So they want to get up three. So they're going to go for two. And if they don't get that, I still cover. Of course they get it. App state gets the ball now down three. I've, I've App state plus two and a half. They get the ball, um, with, uh, let's say two minutes left, uh, drive down the field. They're, they're with their backup quarterback, uh, Joey Aguilar. Like he started the game, you know, he started the last couple of games, but nonetheless, their backup quarterback, um, they get to around the 35 yard line, which is just about field goal range. Uh, he's getting pressured. It's maybe second down. And instead of throwing the ball away, he just floats the ball in the middle of the field, just floats it middle of the field, uh, into double coverage. It gets picked off game over. So that is, that's what you call a bad beat. Um, <laughs> that is what you call a bad beat. Um, uh, just, just a brutal, a brutal loss. Uh, the other game I want to talk about which I was on the right side of and, and just a crazy <laughs> game was Ohio state and Notre Dame. Oh yeah. Um, so Notre, Notre Dame uh, ends up uh, ends up losing on a last second <laughs> rushing touchdown. Um, crazy. So a couple, just a couple of things, things from that game. Uh, we all know Notre Dame had 10 people on the field. The last play, obviously there's no sense in Un- unheard of. It's, it's it, crazy. It, yeah. In that situation it, to not be, prepared <laughs> it just I, I i just can't i can't wrap my head around how that happens and does it does it make the difference it, it probably there was a close close play and if you have a 11th guy in the right spot maybe it does make a difference but um just just that can't happen the, the other thing i'll mention is uh uh you know towards 
Marvin Harrison Jr. got hurt um, in that game, and he missed a lot of it, kind of came back. He still wasn't himself, but Emeka Buka is the second-best wide receiver in college football, so he played great. Um, and Kyle McCord, just down the stretch, just made throws that he needed to make. Um, you know, I, I think that it was a it was a great test for, for him. Um, I think about you know, Drew Aller, Penn State, who really hasn't had had hasn't been tested like that before, uh, concerns me a little bit with with Ohio State now. If, if this guy is going to improve, I still don't think they're a great team. Um, I don't think Notre Dame's a, a great team, um, and that's kind of the way that the game was played. Uh, but but I will give credit where it's due, and and that credit goes to Kyle McCord. Um, I thought I thought he played well when it when it counted the most. So um, kudos to him. But. Uh, Look, good teams win, great teams cover. Notre Dame covered for me, plus three and a half. So uh, that was a, that was a nice one to have. Great job there. That was never in doubt, especially with uh, Notre Dame having to go to the final play there to to win the game. But yep. you still ended up covering, so you look good from the uh, pretty much throughout the whole fourth quarter there. That brings you to ten and sixteen for the year. So you got some work to do to uh, get back to five hundred. You need a, a oh, big yeah. week next week to to bounce back. Let's t- talk about Penn State before we get into your picks for this week, because Penn State had their whiteout game against Iowa. And although I, I think you could probably mark this down as the most perfect game uh, that-, that could have happened for this team, uh, Iowa only had 15 minutes of possession compared to uh, Penn State's 43. And that came down to six fumbles for four turnovers. Now, one of them was directly related to the crowd noise, uh, that punt that ended up hitting the Iowa player directly between the numbers in the back. Uh, that's bad placement, right? By that yeah. that, oh, yeah. that guy. Bad timing, bad but, luck, right? That, that's know, just a bad luck play. But yeah, to your point, I think that the crowd noise does have something to do with that because the, the returner is screaming to get out of the way. And Absolutely. It's you just could tell that a he was of sound. So he, yeah. yeah, you don't know. Uh, so again, get more experienced teams in that position and that return man might actually do something different, right? He might go in there and try and make the catch, even though it's a little more dangerous just because he has the experience to say, this guy's not going to be able to hear me. So that's now on film. Uh, the the running attack was was great. Drew Aller was great, had four passing touchdowns. And the thing that impressed me the most was, aside from Penn State's stout defense, but it came against the Iowa offense that that truly just isn't isn't good. Uh, yeah. the, the it's offense awful. is just getting yards. So it seems to be some emergence at the wide receiver position first from tight end. Theo Johnson's really starting to emerge himself as like a go-to option in the middle of the field. And, uh, a Lambert Smith is, is starting to solidify himself as the number one wide receiver. Well, you know, let's, let's remember this. I mean, I think he had, I don't know what, what he finished. I don't have it in front of me, five catches, say 66 yards and a touchdown in that game, but, but he was Going up against Cooper DeGene, who is by all accounts one of the best cornerbacks in the country. Um, so you know, that's that's really, I think, an impressive testament to to Kendra Lambert Smith. Um yeah, on that catches po- for 66 yards and a touchdown. Eight catches, okay. Um on that point, you know, one of the things James Franklin said in his his press conference today, he was he was really uh pleased to see after after um Keandre Lambert Smith had his touchdown. He's the first person to run over and congratulate him was Kalen King. And he said, Kalen King and Keandre Lambert Smith are like, they are battling so hard in practice going up against each other. So if you're Keandre Lambert Smith, it, it makes sense that, Hey, you're facing probably the best cornerback in the nation outside of maybe, maybe, you know, Kool-Aid and, and Tuscaloosa, but 
Um, you're facing him every single week at, at practice. So then when you play a guy like Cooper DeGene, you know, you're prepared. You're, you're, you're ready for the best. And, and I think that's, that's a big part of, of why camp counter Lambert Smith has, has played so well this year, but yeah, you're right. He's definitely the number one. You're still trying to figure out who that number two is going to be. Um, I mean, they're using Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren uh, as really yeah, so the, the, the go-to the, pass catcher. The second outside of, yeah, uh, right. touchdown to Warren was, I think, what was most impressive because of Aller's throw on that play. So he he threw it. The timing of that throw was perfect because it was tight coverage. Hmm. And the position of it, he threw it up and away from the other defenders so that Warren could go up and make the catch. He knew he was going to take a little bit of a hit, but didn't really put him in too much of a vulnerable position by leading him in anywhere. It was more just like jump straight up and catch it. Yep. So I thought that that throw itself was just like high level quarterback play. The on the contrary, the thing that that really um still bothers me is the fact that you're running a a fade play to Keandre Lambert Smith, mm. uh, you know, in, in a red zone opportunity. So you're throwing a fade play, which is historically not a great play to run to a undersized wide receiver. I, I still think that play calling, and we've seen this year over year. I think that's really going to come back to bite us. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the, you know, it's not the it's not the way to I think approach that situation. Maybe it's something where you really trust Aller and and say he can go make the throw. Um, I, I will say, you know, the, the play calling was was extremely just stale, but it got the job done. It was yeah, effective, it was I guess. Um, and that was something you know, a couple interesting things from Franklin's press conference uh, earlier today. The one was he he basically told Mike Yersich like, don't get cute, like just to keep doing this boring stuff and, and we'll, we'll beat this team. Like, don't, don't get cute with it. Don't, don't try to do anything else. Just, we're going to grind this one out. And, and, and it worked. They scored 31 points. I, I don't I mean, mind that at all. I, no, I actually it, prefer win that. the game. Just win the game. I, and, I think many, especially quarterbacks, right. They want to go out there and they want that big, exciting play. And I think it takes a tremendous amount of discipline, especially for a young quarterback to go out there and throw that check down route and just oh, yeah. throw it to the oh, open yeah. guy each time and make the right read. He only averaged 4.5 yards per attempt on his throws. So he was throwing short passes all game long, and that's why he only ended up with 166 yards on 37 passes. Yep. And, However, and it was he was making the right reads, and, and yep. building that foundation gets you to a point where, like you just mentioned, when you're when you uh, need a guy in the fourth quarter to throw the ball out of bounds, he doesn't chuck it up into the middle of the field because yep. he knows what the right play is. Yep. And and I mean that's been all season with him is is he's not he's not throwing for you know you you know. Big bombs. I mean, outside of that West Virginia one was was probably the the his first touchdown pass. But he has zero interceptions. The team, as a whole, I think the do they have? I think they have no turnovers through. Or they, have, they either have one or zero turnovers in um, the first four games. They definitely lead the country in turnover margin because they force a ton on on defense. Uh, but w- one interesting stat uh, is that last last se- or I'm sorry, in the first four games of this season, Penn State has twelve. Uh, touchdown drives that lasted four plus minutes last season. They had 13 total the whole season. Oh, wow. um, so, you know, they, they are not creating explosive plays at, at the rate that Franklin wants, but you don't need to create explosive plays in grinded out games against West Virginia, who by the way is now three and one and looking like a pretty decent team um, that, that could end up looking like a really good win on the resume. Um, you don't need that against them and Iowa, who are these grinded out games. And then when you're playing, you know, uh, you know, you're playing Delaware and 
uh, who was the other pushover they played? Illinois. I mean, you don't really, you don't really need to do anything spectacular with with Aller. Uh, you definitely want to get him comfortable, but I, you know, I, I don't think you need to to make him do anything more than he has to do. Um, that being said, you still want to create more explosive plays for sure, especially as you get into you know the the, the really tough teams in, in Big Ten play. Absolutely agree. So now let's take a look at the upcoming matchup versus Northwestern. Penn State are huge favorites in this one. Another game. Uh, this is at Northwestern. Penn State noon kickoff. It is 27. Do you have a play on this one? I do. Penn State minus 27. Uh, Penn State's 4-0 against the spread this year. Uh, at home, Northwestern had a very emotional win last week against Minnesota, uh, where they were down, I think, 31 31- 10 or 38 10 something like that in the fourth quarter came back and won um really impressive really emotional win though uh, i like penn state to just just grind this one out win it big um again so i'm, I'm taking a, I'm, I'm finally getting on a penn state after uh after four weeks of missing out on a team that's uh, covering <laughs> every game I'm, I'm taking penn state all right i love it the next game iowa state versus oklahoma so oklahoma is ranked this year and uh they've looked good so far the line for this one, however, is Oklahoma, another large favorite, minus 20 at home against uh, Iowa State. Yeah, I'm all over Oklahoma in this one. I think that um, I, I think Oklahoma is, is you know, I, I think they're ve- they're very good. And I think they um, are, are, you know, <laughs> I think they're really clicking on um, really clicking on offense this season, although um you know, they, they have a defensive minded head coach, but um, I think that, you know, Oklahoma has been really just kind of annihilating teams, uh, you know, save for last week where they beat Cincinnati by um, by 14 at Cincinnati. Um, but I mean, they've been they've been able to, to score points against good teams. They've um, you know been able to play good defense. And I just think Iowa State is is really, really bad. I faded them earlier in the year um, when they played Iowa um, and, and they, you know, they, they have a lot of trouble scoring against really anybody. Um, they did have a nice win against Oklahoma State last week. I think Oklahoma State's a really bad team. Um, but now, now you got to go to Norman to play Oklahoma. So give me Oklahoma minus the 20. I'll lay them. So far, both of the games that you have do have the sharp lean on them as well because they are getting a higher percentage of the money than the bets coming in so far. So you're looking good there. The next game... Uh, we have is Troy versus Georgia State. Georgia State is minus one and a half. How do you possibly know anything about either of these teams? Uh, I watched Georgia State play last week. Shane is 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 how I know that. Now we're talking about the fun belt here. I mean that that's some uh, quality football, and and honestly, it it actually is pretty good football. Uh, Troy was a really really good team last year. I think they took like Tennessee to the wire. Uh this year is a little bit a little bit different. Um whereas you know Georgia State is is currently 4 and 0 with with wins over so, some good teams and and they had a nice win at Coastal Carolina um last Thursday night that's the game I watched but um I I will tell you I was I was really uh really impressed with with their quarterback he's a senior Darren Granger um another guy who's uh, an accurate passer who does not make a lot of mistakes he's you know seven touchdowns to zero interceptions this year um so I was really impressed by him I was really impressed by the uh um by the defense and then and then they're they're you know, really well coached by, by Sean Elliott. So um, I think that Georgia state at home, I'm, I'm pretty confident in this. I, I think that, that 
Troy is is you know one of the one of the Sun Belt teams that's on a uh, on a bit of a down downswing. So, um, yeah. So give me a give me Georgia State. All right, Georgia State. The next game, I might ride with you on this one because I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but I have mentioned that I like. Uh, it seems like in in some of your your weekly picks, you have started to lean toward more of the Big Ten um, teams, mm-hmm. and you are six and three. Am in, I really in the Big in Ten games in which you've bet a Big Ten, um, either bet or bet against a Big Ten team? Interesting. You're six and three of your ten and sixteen, so there might be something there that we need to uh, watch out for as the year goes on. Illinois is playing Purdue. This is a pick 'em. Who do you like? I like Illinois. Um, and <laughs> honestly, my my reasoning is as as stupid as uh, Brett Bielema is not going to lose to the guy that he, uh, you know, that was his defense coordinator last year. So. <laughs> I like I like uh, the master to beat the protege in, in this game. Um, you know, I, I, I faded Purdue again at one point this year against against Syracuse. They're one and three. I think they're maybe a little bit better than than their record uh, might might indicate. Um, however, their only win was against Virginia Tech, who has proven to just be a, a god awful team. Um, whereas Illinois' two losses were to two really good teams in, in Penn State and Kansas, who uh, we might talk about in a second here. So I, I like Illinois to, to win that game. I, I just think they're the better team. Illinois, it is the last game on your college football slate. I'm I'm very intrigued by by this. The more I learn about it, and it's uh, Kansas versus Texas, and the quarterback from Kansas continues to impress week after week. Uh, I believe Daniels is his name. He he can run, he can pass, he can sort of do it all. And he he looks similar to actually the way Lamar Jackson looked uh, during his tenure um, in in college. The line on this one, however, is 16 and a half. So it's a larger line uh, for Texas, a highly ranked team. Who do you like in this one? I love Kansas in this game, uh, plus those 16 and a half points. You mentioned Jalen Daniels. Uh, he He's played as good as any any other quarterback, you know, uh, really that we've seen and, and you know an, another one where it's a guy who who does what he needs to do he's not he's not had um you know he's not had the gaudiest numbers uh but you got to you got to remember his his rushing ability is always there um i hate sarkeesian we we all know that and that's that's probably a, a part of it um uh, but i just think when when you're looking at the the coaching battle in this game um i think Lance Leipold is it's probably fair to start saying this guy is uh one of the best coaches in the country um and you know he's a guy who, who whose name is popping up for for all different kinds of of jobs. You know Michigan State, of course, is is one of them. But I, I think he's settling into Kansas really well, and they're playing really good football. I just think sixteen and a half points is way too much, even going into Austin. And look, Texas has played great this year, um, but I think that's a lot of points. This is uh, this is this is my game of the week for sure. I'm circling that one. I'm really excited for it. Last college question for you before we jump over to the NFL Week Four: Is Bo Pabula a Penn State Nittany Lion next year. That's a really good question. Um, you know, they're they're obviously getting him into games. They're they're, you know, Franklin said at, at one point, um, at one point against Iowa, they they did have a like in the thick of the game, um, that they, they did have a uh, a play call to um to send Perbula out to to do something. He didn't really say what that, you know, obviously didn't say what the play was, but um at the last minute, uh something with personnel they just vetoed it and so he didn't do it but he you know he said he's always putting Prabula in um as kind of the 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 you know first guy from the second unit in so he gets to play yeah. with the ones at, at you know at least for a series um I mean you know guy guy who's from here 
I, I think that he was he was such a I was just such a big time high school player. Um, you know, knew he would be battling with with Aller. Uh, and now you have you have you know Jackson Smolik, who they they like kind of nipping at his heels too. Um, I, you know, I think he will be. I think I think he's going to ride it out of Penn State. I do. Um, I think I think uh, from everything you hear, he he enjoys it. Um, likes Franklin, likes the staff. I, I think he will probably ride it out unless maybe you have something where Yursich takes a job at you know, mm, an old yeah. dominion type school and, you know, needs a quarterback there or something like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think that he rides it out here. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause he actually, he, as of now, and he, it's very early in his career and he's being used in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. He actually kind of reminds me of Tyson Hill from, uh, the saints. He has 12 passes so mm-hmm. far with 28 yeah. rushes yep. and his passes haven't been great thus far. Wait, are we talking about Prabula does? Yeah. Oh man, yep. he's played. He's he. That's how much he's played. Like that's pretty crazy. I mean, yeah. he's basically he played the fourth quarter of every game. Twelve passes oh. and and twenty eight rushes so far. Yeah. But wow. his rushes look good. He they're oh, yeah. more of a power rushing type. But you can tell he has some finesse to him. So yeah, um, yeah I'm uh, I'm really interested to see how they continue to use him. It seems seems similar to how they used Aller last year uh, yeah. in some of these yeah. late game situations to get him that experience. I think it's it's great for the kid, and you know, especially when you have the opportunity to do it, why not? Yeah, no, I agreed. Place your bets. Well, it couldn't last forever. I had my first losing week last week. Unfortunately, I going into the kickoff of the games. So we recorded, I think it was on Wednesday last week. So a little bit earlier mm-hmm. than we typically do. Um, going into the games on Wednesday, there was one game that I took that I absolutely hate it. Absolutely hate it. And that was that Tennessee game. Uh, the reason <sighs> being, I looked into it some more and I realized just, you know, as I looked at my different, metrics the the one that stood out to me was Tennessee's offensive line how bad they are and yep. uh the Browns defensive line and typically in the trenches that's where a lot of those games are won so once I saw that I the line made a little bit more sense to me and I I truly regret having that as one of my five uh the one that I I regret missing out on the most is that Houston game that that you jumped on um that seemed to be just just too obvious yeah that was um yeah I got really fortunate there uh Saints Packers. I mean, you know the the Packers were just getting handled, oh, and, and Jordan man. Love looked awful. They come back and win the game, but they win by a point, which just kills me. Um, I had the minus two, uh, so that was that was brutal. But uh, you know, we were both on. Um, you know, we were both on the Falcons. Uh, it did not pan out. Um, yeah, I mean, and then I just got. Yeah, I made the probably the worst bet we'll, we'll make on this podcast the entire year, which was a uh, Commanders plus six and a half against the Bills, <laughs> and the Bills won I think <laughs> six hundred of two or something. So, uh, yeah, dumb bet there. But uh, yeah, I mean, just I'm just Joey two and three. That's that's what you're gonna get for me for the NFL. So start fading. Yeah, that is plenty of money. That is uh that was our second head to head of the year. So now we're tied one and one. That's right. Uh, yeah, that was one of my bigger bets of the year so far on the Bills team. I, I every time I I logged in I. I had to restrain myself from continuing to bet them just in case. Uh, but that line just really jumped out to me. Do you ever, so I realized this uh, a few times this weekend throughout different games. The first was in, in that game when the bills were up 10, nothing and the Redskins had the ball and the, <laughs> the commanders had the ball and they went down to the, they're at the one yard line. It was fourth and goal and the bills got to stop. Once that happened, this is in the first quarter yeah. or early second quarter. I thought to myself, I, I won this game. When plays like that happen and I'm watching, I just, I know it's 
uh, it's just one of those situations where that is such a big play in the game. The other was within the the Colts game. So I was on the Colts, one of the ones that I won last week, and they're playing the Ravens. And Lamar Jackson just kind of just dropped the ball in the pocket. Like he got strips, but like he, he yes. shouldn't have yes, fumbled. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so he just sort of dropped the ball yep. and, you know, the Colts get the ball at the 30 yard line. Yep. That was another one where I'm like, okay, things are going my way in this game the way I anticipate. Like when you have a plus eight in that game and something like that happens, it, it you know, it, it makes me much more confident that I'm going to win. So there was a few situations like that that occurred this uh, this weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you, you talk about when you see those plays, and I, I go back to that Penn State game. You know, it's like when they forced that fumble after uh, Iowa drove a little bit, you knew the game was over. And and yeah, you can you can kind of feel that. So um, when things like that happen, I'm typically on the wrong end of it, and I just know it's over. But uh, yeah, got to stick it out anyway. Let's see if I can do better this week, though. All right. So I want to talk first about the, uh, the first game that's happening uh, Sunday morning, and that is the Falcons versus Jaguars. So the Jaguars have back-to-back games in London. The first is against the Falcons. Are you going to be watching this game or... Are you going to be watching the Toy Story rendition of this game on ESPN and Disney Plus? Well, that obviously, but what the heck? What what is this? It's going to be like animated. So it's it's going to be the characters from Toy Story, and they're going to as the game goes on, they're going to be uh, the real life players are going to be transitioned into the Toy Story characters and played out on the field. So, <laughs> so so in short, Trevor I have Lawrence no drops an idea for a pass. <laughs> You mean Woody drops back for a pass? That, that's what that's what it'll look like. Woody <laughs> drop you back for a pass. I'm I'm guessing, yeah. And Buzz Lightyear I, flying down the sideline to catch it. I I, I, I do I, not know. I'm I'm so curious. This is either going to be great or a disaster. You're talking to a guy who who bet on simulated batting games during COVID, um, <laughs> but this is a little much for me. I, I don't have a play. On, I do not have a play on this game. All right, I'm staying away as well. I think the, um, you know, looking at a again from from our bet last week both being on the falcons yeah i think we probably should have looked ahead at the schedule to see that they were about to travel to london because i i think that may not have been a game against detroit that they're getting up for the same way they you know as they're preparing to travel i'm sure their families are going there it's it's just a big week whenever these teams go to london which is why the jaguars yeah. now are staying for for two weeks to play two games there yeah 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 the next yeah. game uh the team that that beat those falcons last week the lions they are favorites uh, visiting the Packers one and a half. I, I don't have a play on this. Um, I, I kind of kicked it around, but but ultimately uh, going to be a stay away for me. Uh, same for me. Packers, they look good. Uh, curious to see how, how that all plays out, but the lines look good too. The next game, the Commanders are visiting the Eagles. The Eagles are favorites in this. The line just jumped up to seven and a half. What do you do? You have a play on this? I don't know. Stand away. I mean, we'll come back and talk about for for my pick, but yeah, I'm staying away for now. I, oh boy, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the take the birds. I'm gonna lay those points. Wow. Okay. You think this is the first game that they show up? I, I think that you know. I think uh, Monday night against or last night uh, against against Tampa was. Um, you know, one of those games where I, I just said very early on, it, we are so much better than this team. Like when it was, I think it was three three or something. And I'm just like, this is pathetic because we're we're just so much better. Um, I, I think that this is a game where look, the, the Redskins have a great great defensive line. Uh, 
the Eagles. Oh my God. I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> like, I'm not trying to do that. I, I'm not making uh, a joke. I, I can't, I can't get it right. Wait, did you see? I think it's a true story. There's like, uh, like a native American tribe that is suing the commanders. Um, and, and part of the lawsuit is to change the name back to the Redskins. <laughs> no, that's, it was that's something hilarious. like, it was something that. about like the logo was based on a chief who was actually chief in this tribe. I I've, I I've learned so much. I'm reading this book about Jim Thorpe and I've learned so much about native American culture. It's, it's incredible. But anyway, <laughs> um, commanders have a good defensive line. Uh, the Eagles might have, have the best defensive lineman in all of football right now in Jalen Carter. He was he incredible. So good. He again. was awesome. He was double teamed um, on nearly every possession last night and was getting through it. If if you don't, you know, and, and I mean, just there, there were, you know, there was there the was force fumble he had made the, me, yeah. made me super excited just because yeah. there was the concern about how focused he is. And mm-hmm. when you see a guy no, chase down a guy from behind to cause a fumble yep. that, you know, there's no lack of effort on a play like that. And, and that play. And then Josh sweat basically ran sideline to sideline to, uh, um, uh, to chase Mayfield. I think he maybe got a yard on the play, but, but um, really had to run around after him for a while. Never, never quit on the play. This, I mean, this defensive line does not quit. Um, the and the I, and other I, thing that happened in that game that I, I was texting someone about was I completely forgot Nolan Smith was on the team until he yeah. buried Mayfield on, yeah. on that uh, play. Cause there's so many other names that we Slot, have yeah. that I, I, and he hasn't done much in the early going, no, but no. that was a that was a big hit, and Mayfield was feeling it after that one. Yeah, so I, I really just think that that defensively the Eagles are, are really clicking. I mean, just real, just super impressed by what they've been able to do um, on the defensive end. Um, and then I think uh, offensively, I think that you know we, we know that Hertz was was battling the flu all game on on Monday. Uh, you know, there was one pick that was just sort of a miscommunication. Um, but I think that the Eagles will be able to connect on some deep shots. They're they're going to be back home. Um, always put better there. I'm I'm confident laying the seven and a half points. Okay. The next game, the Steelers are visiting the Texans. The Steelers are favorites in this one. Steelers three point favorites at the Texans. Uh, I am going to stay away from my uh, my Houston Texans in in this game. Oh, you're stay, staying away, man. CJ Stroud looks good, and for I would say no name receivers, they're starting mm-hmm. to make. Uh, names for themselves, uh, that being uh, Nico Collins and Tank Dell. Both of those guys are playing very well, especially Nico Collins. He's he's really stood out to me early in this year, uh, just as a, a solid uh, big body receiver that can that can get open. And CJ Stroud seems to um, have the composure that is needed for a um, uh, for a quarterback in this league. The one play that really stood out to me was a play he had running to the left hand side and. There wasn't like there wasn't anyone in front of him, but like the linebackers were sort of closing in, but he wasn't running as fast as he could. He was kind of just like jogging toward this, like toward the boundaries, because he knew that by looking downfield and doing that, it would keep the linebackers away long enough. Yeah. Because they had to respect the fact that they could toss it over his head. So it just seemed like a wise play to to me for uh for a rookie uh quarterback. Well, yeah, he's a well coached guy, you know. Uh, obviously played at Ohio state under, under Ryan day. Um, so that, that kind of play doesn't, you know, I think with, with, with Stroud, I, I, you know, thought, thought maybe he would have been, you know, better than, uh, better than young, better than Richardson, although we really haven't seen a ton of Richardson, but yeah, he, he's looked, he's looked really good, uh, uh, really good early on. And, and speaking of Ryan day, um, did you see his immediate post game interview? No. So 
uh, Lou Holtz, who coached Notre Dame like 100 oh, years yeah. ago and is yeah, 86 yeah. years old, was on like Pat McAfee or something. And he said, uh, he said, like, Ohio- he doesn't think Ohio State's like tough enough or something, like some old timey weird football thing. And Ryan Day like gets in this interview and is like, it's like, I hope Lou Holtz is listening to this. That's a tough team right there. He was wrong. It's like, He's 86 years old. He's like wearing the pens. You probably have no idea what, what he's saying at this point. That's, but, but you know, this is, this is, this is the coach prime effect here. Every coach in the country now has to put on this huge production, this huge show. We saw Dan Landing do it for Oregon, who went out and beat the living shit out of, out of Colorado. I was, I was dead right on that. I should have, should have put, put everything I had on, on Oregon that game. But uh, I, that's what's happening now. All these coaches are getting like way too jacked up over like insane things. It's, it's crazy to me. But anyway, CJ Stroud, well coached. Uh, um, I, I, I think it's, uh, they're honoring JJ Watt. Uh, before this game or okay. halftime or something. So something to, you know, maybe get the crowd juiced up. But uh, yeah, just to stay away, stay away from me. All right. So there's going to be a handful of games here that we're we're recording this on, on a Tuesday this week due to some travel plans. The, the There's a few lines that are posted now. However, they may change depending on the status of some quarterbacks. So the first being the Rams visiting the Colts. The Colts are one and a half point favorites in this. So we're going to see what happens with uh, Richardson in this one. The Rams last night lost, I believe, two offensive linemen. So I think that's why this line switched over. Who do you like in this? Uh, I'm staying away from it. but I, I, I mean, you have to like the Colts in it. I, I think just, just with the injuries that, um, that the Rams are dealing with. Now, yeah. I think for the Rams, um, I think they say this is a really important game. If we can win this game, you know, a winnable, a winnable game for, for sure. Uh, and then we get Cooper cut back against the Eagles in, in week five, maybe, um, you know, then I think that that's, uh, you know, I think that that's a good goal for them to say without our best player, we're, we're still two and two, but, but I mean, the injuries are just tough and Matt Stafford is, is, is it's going to be going to be a long day, I think. So, yeah, stay away from me. Um, it's unfortunate because yeah. that team is actually playing well. Like he, they, they seem like it's always oh, the, yeah. The, yeah. the unknown guys that are just playing Puka hard. Like that's Kua. why we like. Yeah, that's why I've been banking Houston for the past few years because like they mm-hmm. they play their asses off. So, yep. um, yeah, it's uh, it's actually been kind of fun to root for this Rams team. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we will see what happens in this one. The next one, the Vikings are minus three and a half point favorites visiting the Panthers. Uh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what Absolutely. You I'm giving, I'm taking the Vikings. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm on the favorites in this one. So, I mean, Kirk Cousins has been blasted so far for, for not being able to win a game, but you look mm-hmm. at what he's actually put up and he leads the league in passing yards. He leads the league in touchdowns. Uh, Justin Jefferson leads the league over Tyreek Hill in, uh, uh, receiving yards. Yep. This team is moving the ball up and down the field. They've just unfortunately ran to some very talented teams. So the Falcons week one. Okay. The uh, Eagles last week. And then, and then the chargers who I actually, I had both of those teams going to the Super Bowl, the chargers and the Eagles. So I think that the Vikings are actually much better than their record indicates early on in the year. I think that they've played some, some good teams. And I think that this is going to be an easy win for, for the yeah. Vikings. And, uh, um, What's his name? Kevin O'Connell is uh, he? He's had enough of the turnovers. He is going to start ripping guys off the field if they turn the ball over. So, coming down with the iron fist there. All right. The next game we talked about some some quarterback news. The Bucks are facing the Saints, and Carr got hurt last game. They're still waiting to see. He's day to day to see what happens with that shoulder. However, the the Saints are still three point favorites in this one. Do you have a play? Uh, no, I do not. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm staying away as well. I, in these divisional games i tend to lean toward the 
the underdog, but just with the quarterback news and how poorly the Saints looked last week once Carr went down, I, I can't pull the trigger. Yeah. Another divisional, close divisional game, the Dolphins. The 70-point Dolphins are visiting the Bills. Bills at home, minus three. Uh, I had the Bills at minus two and a half. And, and I take that, it is, that, you're that is what I'll be Bills. taking. Okay. Uh, what are they going to score, 70 again? Yeah, this is just this is the ultimate letdown against against a, a Bills team that's good. This is their first loss of the season. I'm I'm I was really close to taking this with you. Um, I I will probably be betting this. I'm I'm not locking it up All because right. I, I've taken the Bills past two weeks and it's been the easiest money. I haven't barely had to watch the game, so I yep. like this pick as well. The next one, uh, I had to stay away from this. This goes back to a philosophy we talked about a little bit earlier when you bet a team too much and and then just get a sour taste in your mouth, and that is the Titans at home. The Bengals are minus two and a half visiting the Titans. I, I was going to ask you, yeah, so you're staying away from this? I am, just because the last <sighs> week, I, I know I made the wrong play on it, yeah. and this week actually seems like the better week to take the Titans. It really does. I just, uh, you know, the Bengals have always played in close games and won close mm-hmm. games, and the Titans tend to hang around as well. I just, after last week, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm butthurt. I'm between a few for my final lock. That was that was one of them, but uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on it, but yeah, I'll, I'll stay away from that as well. All right, the next game I am locking up, and um, I've not bet this one yet, and luckily it moved up half a point today, so I'll be jumping on that today. That is the Ravens at plus three visiting the Browns. You're on the Ravens. I'm on the Ravens. We're in agreement. Yeah, we're in agreement. Okay, love it. What's your uh, your thought? Divisional, close divisional game. Harbaugh, uh, just going to be a grinded out close game, and probably comes down to a field goal either way. Yeah, I think I think that that's a that that's you know that's the that's the gist of it for sure. I've also been been pretty impressed with Safe Flowers. Um, I have him on a bench Incredible. in the fantasy league. Um, got to probably start playing that guy, but, but he he's, he's electric. And I think, uh, he's going to start getting in the end zone too. So, um, you know, the Ravens are always just struggling to find that receiver, but, uh, this guy's pretty good. The other thing that, that stood out to me a little bit in this game is that the strength of the Browns are their offense and defensive lines, specifically their defensive line has played out of their mind so far early in yep. this year. If there's one thing that, they're not going to be able to stop them entirely, but one thing that could slow them down is the most athletic quarterback in the yeah, league uh, that can get away from some of the sacks that, say, Ryan Tannehill couldn't, right? Yeah, Ryan it, Tannehill, Kenny Pickett, those guys that aren't as athletic as as Lamar Jackson. Uh, absolutely. Play. Yep. All right. The next game, I <laughs> I'm staying away from. I can't. I can barely even even say it. The Broncos minus three and a oh, half. Yeah. The Bears. No, just move on. All right. Move on. Moving on. The next game, the Raiders are visiting the Chargers. Chargers minus five and a half point favorites. Give me the bolts at home. Minus I'm five and a half. All over the Chargers. Okay. We are in agreement. Wow. So far two. This all right. Yeah, that's two so far. Yeah. Let's see if we can make it a third. The Patriots are visiting the Cowboys. Cowboys are seven point favorites. Nope. I'm all over the Patriots. I'm, I'm going back to it. Okay. Uh, I just, I think that the Cowboys without Trayvon Diggs, that was a big loss for them. I think that now there is film on on how to um, slow down that that offense, and I think that the Patriots are smart enough to scheme up quick ways for Mac Jones, similar to actually what they did with the Eagles, which was quick ways to get the ball out of Mac Jones' hands so that they can sort of eliminate Michael Parsons' ability to to get to Mac Jones. So uh, for those reasons, I think seven points is a lot. So I'm going to take the Patriots in this one. All right. 
The biggest line of the week are the 49ers at home hosting the Cardinals. The Cardinals are 3-0 and against the spread. Wait, they are? They're 3-0 and against wow. the spread. I didn't know that. I, I, I think I, I think I only took them. I only took them uh, one week. I think out of that, uh, I'm staying away. Um, I, I'm very tempted to, to take those 14 points, though. Okay, very so, tempted. But I'm saying I know I should take the 14 points, but not like nothing excites me about this Cardinals team. So, yeah. say this line was 15. Would you lock it up? Would you feel confident in your top five? No, I, no. I mean, 18? the Niners could win this game 49 nothing. Like it's. <laughs> Yeah, this could be. I was looking at that and I was thinking about it. I'm like, if it was 18, I would take it. I think that's where like my point is of like, just like take it, don't watch it, close your eyes, hold your nose, and just just do it. Yeah, it's it's just such an ugly game. The next game, Sunday night, Chiefs are visiting the Jets. The Chiefs are 10 point favorites after coming off a, a big win against the Bears last week. Um, I like. Can we just talk for for a second about what is going on with with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? Uh, so I think it's going to be a distraction. So she shows up at this game, and his so first off, he he gained three hundred thousand followers on on uh inst- or on social or it was either Twitter or Instagram. I can't remember some social media gained three hundred thousand followers, and his jersey is now the number one selling jersey in the NFL. Because he went on one date with Taylor Swift. Uh, he is now dating the most famous person on planet Earth and arguably one of the most famous people in the history of the world. That being said, no, I'm not taking anything. But um, I think the Chiefs uh, obviously win this game. Uh, the Jets are talk about distractions. You basically have every player fighting with every coach and the quarterback at all times. It's a total mess. Um, this is, this is Robert Salo's biggest, uh, biggest challenge, but um, a lot of points uh, and a team at home. So I'm, I'm staying away from this one. Zach Wilson is not a good quarterback. I do think that the, that the level of hate that he's getting is a bit much. <laughs> if you look at some of the plays aside from, aside from Garrett Wilson, like, the other receivers aren't really doing anything. So it keeps coming down to like, why isn't he making plays? Yeah. But when guys aren't open, you know, it's tough to make a play when you don't have that skill set, right? Like to be the guy to go out there and win it. He's more, I'd say, of a game manager. And unfortunately, the offensive line isn't good. That's something that Aaron Rodgers could help avoid a little bit because of how quickly he can get the ball out and make reads of the defense. That's not something that Zach Wilson can do. This team needs to get another quarterback in here if they want to have a chance to make the playoffs this yeah, year. Yeah, it's Carson Wentz. Um, hey, yeah. that, I can't imagine <laughs> it would be better than Zach Wilson. Um, I was thinking about potential replacements, and you know the the Tannehill came up, the the Cousins came up. I, I actually don't think it's going to be either of those guys. No, I think it's going no. to be someone else that's that's kind of just out there, like a like a Carson Wentz type. But um, like, yeah. I mean, if they somehow win this game, like I, I just may, yeah, I, I I just see no. I, I just see no way the Chiefs don't throttle them, but I mean, there's just I think there's just one game I like a little bit better. I'm a little more confident in, but but if the Jets do somehow win this game, and Zach Wilson's serviceable, is is all forgiven? Or are they still out there saying we got to find somebody else? I mean, I just don't. I, I just can't see it happening because he's been so bad. He's been really bad. So for so, for all of those yeah. reasons, and probably excluding all of those reasons, I'm still going to take the Jets in this one. I think ten points is a lot. 
Whoa, I, I you're taking the Jets. I do not okay. think they win this game, but I think it's it's a lot of points, right? It's a All lot right. of points for a team that that has a really good defense. So I still think the Jets defense is legit. It's not going to be like what happened with the Bears last week. The Bears secondary, aside from uh, Brisker, is is atrocious, and that's just not what this Jets secondary is. So I think yep. that they'll be able to at least keep it close and hopefully win the field position battle. Maybe even get some some luck on defense or special teams to to get some get them some points. But I I think that this is going to be a lower scoring game. So for those reasons, I'm going to take the the points with the Jets. I'll, also, with this game and, and another another kind of feather in, in the Jets cap is, um, you know, obviously the NBA fixes they fix games for uh, a multitude of different reasons. And, and you know, the NFL has to say, look, we scheduled this game to be our primetime yeah. Sunday night game when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback of the Jets, not Zach Wilson. Um, but, you know, the NFL doesn't want want a 48 nothing schlacking on yeah. their primetime Sunday night game. So well, maybe the, maybe they Taylor tell- Swift is in a, a box. They might. Oh, my God. If she goes, holy, holy God, that that actually is probably the best thing that, that could happen. It's it, it's 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 the, this Taylor Swift effect is is incredible. But um, yeah, you know, uh, maybe they get in the ref's ears and say, uh, let's try to make this one somewhat competitive. We don't want to lose viewers here. All right. The last game of the weekend, the Seattle Seahawks are visiting the Giants. The Giants are home favorites of a point and a half. Uh, Seattle is traveling across the country. Um, they're not good. Uh, but give me, give me Seattle. Cause the giants are just horrendous. Give me Seattle. <laughs> I did not think you were going that way. Uh, the Daniel Jones, I think is one 11 in primetime games. Uh, I saw that stat earlier. It, it was, was out. It was one eleven. I thought I, it, I may have, it may have been worse than that. Yeah. He, he's all, I mean, he's the Kirk cousins of, of primetime football, football. So, um, yeah, he's, he's awful. They're, they're a mess. Uh, give me, give me the Seahawks. Okay. Seahawks plus one and a half. So to recap, my five picks this week are Vikings three and a half visiting the Panthers, the Ravens plus three visiting the Browns. Oh man. I've, a bunch of road favorites. The Raiders uh, are visiting the Chargers. I have Chargers minus five and a half. The Patriots plus seven at the Cowboys and the Jets at home against the Chiefs. All right, mine. So we are simpatico on the Bolts and the Ravens. Uh, I also have the Eagles minus seven and a half at home against the Commanders. I have the Bills minus two and a half at home against the Dolphins. And I have the Seahawks on Monday Night Football plus one and a half at the New York Giants. That'll do it. Uh, that won't do it. Can we talk about fantasy real quick? Sure. I Have you been following our league? I have. I'm one and two. Okay. And I've lost two games by less than one point combined. I, I, I tr- You're truly talking to the worst person to complain about this to. I lost a championship by .08, so... <laughs> Thank you, Michael Vick, I believe. It, or no, I'm sorry, it was uh, Brett Selleck who, who had those final points that gave me that championship. Week one, I lose 89.48 to 89.46, which is just two rushing yards, okay? Uh, and then I dominate week two. I have a good team. Dominate week two. Week three, I lose... 122.46 to 121.96. I was up 23 points going into Monday night, and I had uh Rashad White um and T. Higgins. I'm up 23 points with Rashad White and T. Higgins. My competitor has uh uh DeAndre Swift and <laughs> AJ Brown. Um 
the Eagles threw to AJ Brown to pick up a first down to ice the game, as opposed to I don't know, just handing the ball off, Dude, letting Swift. Jalen Hurts run around <laughs> taking a. Uh, well, it would have been game well because Swift didn't like play the fourth quarter. It was bizarre. So that pass, just nothing, four yard completion, cost me a win. Brutal. And then T Higgins doing absolutely nothing. Um, he had zero points. Then he had two touchdowns, and now he has three points. Um, so I think I got to move on to Tutu Atwell and or uh, Cortland Sutton. Oh, uh, Tutu Atwell, at my great. flex. That guy is yeah. fast. Yeah, he's he's a good player. But the, uh, yeah, this is the, a brutal, brutal start for fantasy for me. On the opposite to that, I I was uh, myself and the opponent I was facing each I think set the single um, single week record for I, most points scored. I saw uh, that. Yeah, we each had, uh, and this is a half point. Uh, Per reception league, we each had over 164 points. And going into the final week, I was going up against Hertz and uh, Chris Godwin, and I had Tyler Higby. Mm -hmm. And I only had a 23 point lead and somehow managed to sneak out a win. So that Godwin play in the fourth quarter, where he caught the ball going toward the sideline, dove, Mm -hmm. stuck the ball out, and missed the Uh, line by. A quarter of an inch, maybe that ended yep. up winning, uh, winning the game for me. Wow. Ended up sneaking one out. So that's that's a brutal loss when you put up. <sighs> I think uh, my opponent put up fifty more points than anyone else in the I, league. And yeah, I looked at it because either one of you would have beat everybody else. Yeah, so Correct, that's the yeah. worst when that happens. That's that's I, a I do. real tough loss. I, I'm in another league. Let me let me pull the score up real quick. So this is just like my wife's family league, which I I just you know I I don't really pay a ton of attention to. Um, let me just tell you who. Uh, so I lost a 220 to 141. My opponent had a Tua, Raheem, Most- Raheem Mostert, Keenan Allen, and Tyreek Hill Damn. In, a, in a PPR league. He scored 220. Are they from me. Miami? Uh, no, no. I, I I guess that's just a very odd, uh, odd coincidence. I'm not going to you know give him any credit for it. But um, yeah, it was just you had all of those guys. 220 points he scored in a 12-team PPR league. That's a lot. And that's right. my fantasy talk. Until next week, uh, good luck this weekend, Joe. Let's uh, let's get some uh, wins under our belt. Let's do it. Place your bets. For Joe Simonera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, and always bet on yourself. Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?